0: How can you apply Agile to building and growing a small business? And if you're not working in the small business space, why should you care? That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So great to have you here. Thank you once again for all of your support, your feedback, your comments. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I'm so happy to have you here. Listen, I want to take Agile and make it small so we can make it big again. And by that, I mean I want to bring Agile into the solving of everyday problems, creating simple but effective solutions that allow you to take your mind off the process and let it dwell instead in innovation and creativity where it belongs but first let's remember why we're here to create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass there's so many resources about what you need to do to be agile but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams so let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a unique and powerful force in this industry. And if this helps you, tell your friends. Don't forget to check out my daily Agile Inspirations for Leaders by subscribing to my email list. You get a preview of next week's pages and a free video to help you align your week with strength and focus, all delivered straight to your inbox. Now, you can also submit your coaching or leadership questions there at badassagile.com. So go sign up or post your questions today. Now, ideally, if you or someone you know is launching a small business, you're in a perfect position to not only use Agile, but to get really intimate with it in a way that will help you apply it better in large enterprise environments. This is becoming more important as many organizations are lost or losing their way in how exactly to extract value from the Agile concepts and ways of being. So let's take a closer look at startups and disruptor thinking. So we can sift out what outcomes really matter and what practices move us closer to those outcomes. You can use small thinking to create any kind of outcome, from a great family vacation to a shoestring podcast or a consulting service. In fact, if you think about it, small businesses have always been agile because they're focused on delivering clear value with high customer touch, they're adaptable to rapidly shifting market demands, and... They don't like to spend money until they make some money. They're generally started up without excessive upfront research and planning, and they lean on the high energy, trust, and efficient communication of a close knit team of familiar and exceptional individuals. Sounds agile to me. So listen whether it's a lemonade stand, a small scale manufacturer or artisan, a landscaping service, or a car detailing business, all of them share the following traits. Number one, They run with low or no initial investment when they first get started. Number two, they run with low or no in depth or scientific market research, except what's generally available on the web or other public resources. Number three, they have a willingness to work hard so they can add massive value because they realize that's what attracts customers. And number four, they're inherently willing to learn, adapt, and persist. The desire to create a small business presumes the following desired outcomes, which might sound familiar to you as an agile practitioner. They want independence. They want the ability to set, make their own rules, to deliver value in whatever way they think is best. They also have a desire to create things that didn't exist before, things that fulfill a deep emotional need or a hole in the marketplace. And they have a desire to offer a better product or service that is actually valuable to their customers. Every small business owner understands the essentials, what steps or actions will make the most difference to their success. They understand that there's a bare minimum set of constraints that they must honor and operate within in order to get going and to survive, which is often, frankly, the focus in the early days. In fact, part of the problem that most large organizations face is that at the collective and even the individual level, they have lost that hunger survival is often assured. And what happens when survival is assured? Well, it's human nature to do the minimum amount of work required to not get fired, also known as we get lazy. But when you're hungry, you want to figure out a different kind of minimum. What's the minimum amount of things I need or actions I must take in order for buyers to open their wallets or at least invite me in to talk? That could be a lawnmower and enough gas to last for a Saturday afternoon. It could be a good-sounding microphone and a free media hosting service. It could be a smartphone camera and a nice backdrop. Or it could be soap, a bucket, and some soft cloths. These are the essential tools that you'll need in order to offer the value that you want to offer with the quality you think customers will pay for. The smallest setup that will work. The minimum viable product. So once you're in that mindset and you've acquired the basic tools that you need to offer the value you want to deliver, you've got to remember small businesses can't afford to spend years in the research phase. There's no venture capital presentations here, so everything we build has to be cheap and minimalist. In fact, the art of keeping costs low is about borrowing, reusing, leveraging everything from business models to product ideas to tools, or it could extend to your equipment and your people too. So rather than spend that time on research, you build your product and you build it from top to bottom across all stacks, layers, and tiers. So everything from the service description to your customer pipeline, your marketing materials, your website, your tax setup, you do just enough in all of those areas to get to market so you can service your first customer and meet all of your high priority obligations. Once you've built the product, you go deliver. You deliver the service you promised, the value you promised and you run your daily business. But before too long, something will change. Everything might run exactly as you expected, or it might run worse than you expected, or it may go better than you expected. But no matter which of those happens, you need to change. Something can be perfected or tweaked. You might need to hire more people. You might need to add or remove a service. You might need to buy more equipment. You might need to watch your bottom line, and then, You just repeat the process. You do more research to solve your latest batch of problems. You choose a path. You prioritize and you execute and you repeat. Now let's dig in for another minute on how small businesses invest and commit at the last responsible moment. In the beginning, you have no reserve to invest in extras. As mentioned before, you do whatever's necessary to get whatever's necessary and just what is necessary. But to grow, that won't last you very long. You have to invest in a business over time, but when you do, you only invest at the last possible moment. So if your bucket blows a hole, you patch it and you patch it and you repatch it until it can be patched no more, and then you can invest in a new one. But you do it at the last possible moment, when the previous model is no longer sustainable. When you make commitments, we also make ones that are easy to back out of. Things like the gig economy, renting versus buying. 30 day trials, buying survival items only are all a testament to the changing way that small businesses think about investment. There's websites you can go to where you can hire people to do 20 hours of work or a fixed price, fixed time engagement. And it works well because it's no longer a requirement that we hire full time or even part time employees. And many employees prefer not to work that way anyway. So, in general, small businesses are seeing a trend towards investing and committing at the last responsible moment. So what do we learn from all of this? What can we take away from the practical yet unofficial use of agile at the small business level? Well, look, to disrupt like a startup, you have to act like one. We can't just take the way we've always done things and staple some agile terms and techniques on top of it. You have to be laser focused on value. You have to plan and invest lean for effective rapid cycles. The minute you execute, you have to be inspecting and adjusting because it's that real time course correction that keeps you competitive and slick. When you make commitments and investments, including your daily decisions, you do it at the last responsible moment. You literally have to break the cycle of traditional planning and analysis. So, again, when people in large enterprise tell you, no, you don't understand, we have a planning cycle every year, you have to have the courage to tell them, no, 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 you don't understand. If you want Agile to give you disruptive results, You have to behave like a disruptor behaves. You see, you can bring these techniques to different parts of a large-scale business, but only if they're willing to act like a startup in order to get the benefits that they want. Now, by the way, if you have non-business friends who are yearning to start a business, teach them agile fundamentals. There's so much wisdom locked up in the simple concepts that we preach and practice that could help them play small bets, get started with almost nothing, and evolve as they grow. This could prevent an otherwise brilliant idea from being snuffed out at the idea phase by new entrepreneurs who are too overwhelmed to just execute. In future episodes, we'll actually talk about how to apply these small business fundamentals and behaviors to large-scale business. That is, breaking planning cycles and pushing decisions to the last responsible moment and investing in planning lean. This will help give you a model that lets you spread agile from the bottom up rather than the top down, which, if nothing else, can help you complement scaling efforts using traditional frameworks, if not replace them in some cases. As always, send me your comments and feedback and your questions so we can help evolve this discussion. Folks, thank you for listening. You can reach out at badassagile.com or find me on Twitter at badass underscore agile. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay badass.